0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Espresso Epilogues. I'm Asta. And I'm Feely, and this is a podcast where we're two besties and we talk about books over coffee. And today's episode Woo-hoo. is going to be all about Instagram poetry. We have opinions on it. Yep. So Instagram poetry.
1: Why don't you give us a general definition of poetry and then we can jump into why we think Instagram poetry is... Different. Yeah, (laughs) different. And maybe a a little bit problematic, if you will, but we'll give you some understanding as to why we believe so.
0: Yeah, and this is an open discussion as always. We love debating, love hearing new ideas. So let's see where it goes. So I looked up the definition of poetry since we're going to be talking a bit about what is and isn't poetry. And a definition that sounded good is... Poetry is a literary work in which the expression of feelings and ideas is given intensity by the use of distinctive style and rhythm. Poetry tends to emphasize linguistic form rather than use language purely for its content. So that's a very, very big point. And Insta poetry, specifically, or Instagram poetry, whatever you want to call it, Instagram poetry even has a Wikipedia page. And it's just the type of poetry that has very quickly become popular thanks to Instagram. And it's a type of poetry that is created to share on Instagram. And the platform really helped it gain popularity worldwide in the past few years. I'm looking that up now. I had not known there was an Insta poetry page. That says a lot right there. (laughs) It says a lot because it's a proper phenomenon, right? And it has risen so much in Mm -hmm. the past few years. One of the most famous pieces of Instagram poetry is the book Milk and Honey by Rupi Kaur which has opened up a conversation about what is and isn't poetry and well (laughs) we are going to be talking about it because Rupi Kaur is probably you know one of the most famous Instagram poets. Her first collection Milk and Honey has been translated into 40 languages and has sold millions of copies worldwide stealing the position of best-selling poetry book from The Odyssey, the Greek epic classic. So that's that, insane. That cannot... That's, that's insane. That doesn't feel like that should be right. But it is, somehow.
1: You know what upset me was when I saw that Milk and Honey had four whole stars on Goodreads.
0: That's really crazy. And I think that... So it would be useful to kind of read one or two... Poems from Milk and Honey so that you can see if you're not familiar with it, what it's like. So one poem from the book simply is this fall in love with your solitude. That's the poem. Another poem says "The the irony of loneliness is we all feel it at the same time. That is the poem. I found some interesting information on The Atlantic, like a piece about milk and honey, basically. And they say that since the publication of Milk and Honey, mm-hmm. the poetry genre has become one of the fastest growing categories in book publishing. According to one market research group, 12 out of the top 20 best selling poets in 2018 were insta poets who combined their written work with shareable posts for social media. And basically nearly half of poetry books sold in the U.S. in 2018 were written by these poets. So that is huge. That is insane. Wow. I think that the main characterization of insta-poetry, and as you can also hear from the examples, the two random poems I chose from Milk and Honey... Mm -hmm. Just because it's a very famous and easy example, like it's very digestible, right? It's characterized by its accessibility because anyone can understand it and relate to it without really requiring the intellectual effort of deconstructing traditional poetry. Here's my take on Rupi Kaur. Poems that
1: we've all pretty much traditionally read in school have been very complex. It usually has archaic language. It's almost like a riddle and we're expected to solve these in school and i'll jump into that a little bit later but with rupee court like you said it's very simple it's very to the point the language isn't difficult to understand and i think that made it relatable like you just mentioned and i'm not gonna lie to you i fall victim to this when i was just 17 years old because the themes she covers are quite universal she covers feminism she covers love she covers
0: grief And these are things that are relatable. These are human emotions. Yeah, I think that for some people, finding poetry that is so accessible and immediate to understand can be great because they might see it as democratizing poetry in a way or just making the genre more open to people that weren't into it before. But for many others, it's killing the art of poetry as it traditionally was, right? And there's been a lot of criticism of Insta-poetry for that reason. Most famously, there's a polemic piece called The Cult of the Noble Amateur by a poet and critic, Rebecca (laughs) Watt. Setting fire right there. (laughs) She really did. She called out all of the Insta-poets for their rejection of craft that characterizes their work, as she said. And she criticized Mm Insta-poetry for, and I quote, the complete rejection of complexity, subtlety, and eloquence, which I think is super interesting. It is very interesting. And like she said in the article, there. what
1: makes poetry poetry is the political devices that are used, and instinct poetry uses, if any, will use the very basic ones, which are the forced rhymes and the interesting spacing. To give it that aesthetic, I think people are leaning toward that aesthetic, that pleasing, very few sentences Absolutely. toward once out of the page and the hand drawn sketch.
0: Absolutely. Yes, it's
1: simple. Yes, it's appealing. Right. And like, if you if you do leaf through Instagram poetry's publications, if you if you see them on paper, they are quite appealing. I'm not going to lie to you. There's some interesting choices, some pages left blank, some pages colored, some drawings that are very vague, but some of them are pretty good. Some of them are just not it. And my point is, it kind of begs the question of like, are we appreciating this because it's aesthetically pleasing? Because that would mean that that is giving very much our generation's constant will to look for something that fits toward an aesthetic, right? Mm -hmm. We're always trying to categorize stuff into certain things.
0: Yes, so true. And I find it really interesting that Rebecca Watts said that Insta-poetry is rejecting complexity, subtlety, and eloquence completely because these things are such traditional characteristics of poetry, right? Like poems tend to be complex or Mm -hmm. subtle or eloquent. And I mean, for me, I absolutely love poetry. And I think that the subtlety is one of the nicest parts. I think getting to deconstruct a poem and to dive more into it and find out what the poet was trying to convey in very creative ways is what Mm -hmm. makes consuming poetry so interesting, right? And it's true that Insta poetry completely takes that away because if you just read a poem that is fall in love with your solitude, <laughs> well, I like that is it. And I read a very interesting quote on Vice that said mm-hmm. that basically, Insta poetry makes people feel like they've connected with something while scrolling on their feed. And most people don't have the time to dissect poetry when scrolling social media, but feeling like they just quickly connected with something in some way can just give them that spark of gratification. They're like, oh, I like this. I get what it's saying and I like it and keep scrolling, you know? That's even worse. You know, that's feeding
1: into our constant need of serotonin and our need of instant gratification.
0: Yes, absolutely. Like dopamine. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that at all exactly who is your favorite poet well that's a great question
1: i personally am very fond of french poets i would say my favorite is victor hugo i'm mm-hmm. head over heels madly in love with arthur Rimbaud's poetry too
0: something about so victor girl.
1: hugo's is so beautiful and i'll dive into that in a
0: second right what about you erie so arthur rambo is a classic love his writing always have and I also really like Emily Dickinson.
1: I'm so glad we did this because I rediscovered some beautiful poetry. Like, yesterday I was writing this, I was in tears, I was like, this is so beautiful.
0: (laughs) I know, and I... So I have these two screenshots in my camera roll. One is the Rupi Kaur poem that I screenshotted to bring up on this episode, and another one is an Emily Dickinson poem, which... I could read out just to emphasize the huge gap between one type of poetry Mm -hmm. and the other. So the Rupi Kaur poem I have is Fall in Love with Your Solitude. And I'm kind of trying to pause there because, you know, she (laughs) skips a line (laughs) where I'm pausing. And then I have an Emily Dickinson poem that I think is beautiful and kind of shows how extremely different it is. So it goes... Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. I think that is really just short, sweet, simple, smooth, like... I did not mean for that all to be an alliteration, but I I love it. And it's, I mean, it's, it feels a lot more like art. It certainly does. I completely agree with you.
1: What other Mm -hmm. poets do you like? Have you discovered any new poets that you've been reading or have you been reverting to French poetry you would read in high school?
0: I really do love French poetry. And I think that poetry is one of those genres that are, I think, They lose a lot of their creativity when you translate them, unfortunately, because they rely so much on very specific use of language. So I have read translated Rambo poems, but it's very different. And just imagine how much beautiful poetry we're missing out on just because we don't speak, you know, more than however many languages. I feel like there's always something to be unlocked There's so many poems to discover. But yeah, I mean, I really like a poem that makes you feel something. And I think that Insta poetry somehow does that, but at a very superficial level. Mm -hmm. What do you think?
1: That's a great point, Erin. I'm so glad you read that piece. I want to, I want to read you mine, but on second second thought, thought, I'm not going to because it makes me cry. So, I will just no. tell you the title of it, and I will actually have you read that on your own, and for the readers too, you can read that on your own time. Oh, it's a Victor Hugo poem in French, it's "Demain de l'aube. Let me find out in English what it's called. It's called "Tomorrow at Dawn," and it's a poem he wrote as an homage to his dead daughter and his yearly pilgrimage to her tome her tomb and it is so beautiful and so sad at the same time that I'm not going to read it even the thought of it right now is bringing me to tears so I will move on talk about something pleasant to cheer myself up but <laughs> kind of like you were saying Ari I want to do the exact same comparison and for me I'm not going to use a Rupi Core one I'm going to use another Instagram poet called have you heard of Amanda Lovelace oh yes I have very similar aesthetic. It's very simple. The spacing is also something that's just very common amongst these Instagram poets. Mm-hmm. We'll get a hold of this one. So This one is called Women Are Some Kind of Magic. And I will pause very briefly to indicate when there is a spacing in this poem. Bear with mm-hmm. me. I'm pretty sure you have stardust running through those veins that's it <laughs> i don't oh, think baby. i did it any I justice i really sorry. read it yeah <laughs> oh my god i know. oh my goodness arthur Rambo. and let me contrast that just quickly with i'm completely infatuated with mary oliver lately i've just discovered oh, okay. me mary- like mary oliver and that's shameful on me but let me read you she's oh my goodness mary stunning oliver work reminds me read of this like, one
0: well, all the beautiful things in life Oh my goodness, exactly. She just, she she gives life to everything. She She makes me, she
1: appreciates absolutely everything, whether it's a stone or a cloud. There's just so much beauty and love. And this is what I want engulfed on a daily basis in this, this love and this beauty, this appreciation for what's around us. Well, hear this one. This one's titled Mystery, Yes. And it goes, truly, we live with mysteries too marvelous to be understood. How grass can be nourished in the mouths of the lambs. How rivers and stones are forever in allegiance with gravity. While we ourselves dream of rising. How two hands touch and the bonds will never be broken. How people come from delight or the scars of damage to the comfort of a poem. That is so beautiful. And that's not even finished. I just wanted to give you a glimpse of Mary Oliver's work.
0: That's so beautiful. I really love so, Mary wait, Oliver.
1: Let's talk a little bit about what makes good poetry good, in case our listeners are wondering. Why is Instagram poetry not up to the standard of which we think these two poems we both read are.
0: What would you say makes poetry good for you as a reader? It has to do with, for one,
1: poetic devices are big for me, such as the use of imagery the use of emotion, poetical devices in the sense of are there any metaphors used, are there rhymes used, are there any descriptive
0: adjectives that have correlation to one another? I'm not sure what this is called but when there is a subtle contrast in the poem where you don't expect it and I find that a lot of poems just have a lot of contrast between two polarities and they're not like immediately obvious but as you Mm -hmm. read it just sort of draws you from one side to the other and constructs this more whole image and I think that's very interesting when you encounter it as a reader
1: agreed oh that's very beautiful area I think isn't Arthur Arthur Rambo is beautiful just does that with such ease and so does Mary Shelley Mary Shelley has some beautiful poetry she can do the contrast and, and make you feel it it's amazing how these poets can convey messages so well
0: I also feel like, as we're speaking about all these old poets, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like for modern poets that don't have this insta-poetry style and that still rely on that complexity and subtlety and eloquence that we spoke about, the huge rise of insta-poetry seems like it democratizes poetry, and it does for sure to a big extent, but I think that it also gets everyone used to reading such digestible, accessible poetry that then people that are still kind of doing the craft as it used to be don't find the readership they're looking for as easily. I mean, I imagine, you know, because social media has made it so that if your poem is not readily digestible and immediately ready to understand and like on someone's Instagram feed, you're not going to put in the effort and you're mm-hmm. going to scroll past. And so all of these poetry books and publishers are really pushing that very accessible type of poetry. And I just wonder if that is hindering us from finding out all of these other modern poets that are writing in, you know, the more traditional poetry style.
1: hmm. It upsets me in a sense because the Instagram poetry is going to be used for social media, right? These are going to be using people's captions.
0: Yeah, well, I think it would be great to mention the vice experiment we spoke about before recording. So, Maybe
1: I would love for you to explain that. <laughs> it was such a great article.
0: So, this is really a wonderful example of what is up with Insta poetry. So, while doing our research for this podcast episode, we stumbled upon a vice article of a journalist. I don't remember the name, unfortunately, but of a journalist that did an experiment to see if anyone without any talent in writing poetry could become a famous Insta poet because it certainly seems like it, <laughs> right? So certainly does. what they did was they created an Instagram account and they started posting tons of little Insta poems, you know, in that style that we mentioned. Basically, the journalist did not even try at all they tried to make it as cliche as possible it was really quite funny like they would post the most cliche things that you and i could come up with on the spot right now like you tried to record right. a podcast with me but i didn't have my airpods <laughs> you know like it would just be a little yes. poem like this <laughs> and all she
1: did right all she did was space it like an instagram poet
0: like, yeah. the weird, meaningless spacing. Exactly. It's kind of and comical in the it. People ate it up. They posted 100 poems. They got 650 followers. And tons of support and great feedback on the poems. Even a few DMs being like, your work really resonated with me. And there's this other very famous Instagram poet called Atticus, I think. Which is, you know, a nickname. Yes. Um, and he... So basically, the vice journalist commented on one of Atticus posts being like, what do you think of my work? And Atticus replied, great work or something like that, or like, I love it. And then basically, the vice journalist mm-hmm. had that Atticus praise in their bio as if like you know they're getting the recognition and the praise from one of the top most famous Insta poets that are followed by all kinds of celebrities and millions of people. So, yeah, it basically shows you that this person could become a famous Insta poet, especially if they kept this going for more than four weeks, because four weeks with 650 followers and minimal effort means that, like, imagine what could happen if they stuck to it for a year, two years. Like, you can have a poetry book, make money out of this. Right. Yeah, Going on talk shows, reciting
1: poetry, like Ruby Cork.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's absolutely crazy. I Like, what does it mean that anybody can become a famous poet without actually liking poetry or trying to to write poetry it's kind of crazy and it's so different from what poetry used to be which was very much not a, a very accessible medium in the sense that it's honestly quite difficult to write a genuinely good poem like not everyone could do it and now it right. feels like it's completely the opposite and i just wonder if that's good or bad can i give you
1: my double-edged sword take on this I absolutely agree with what you have to say. But there is an element of difficulty when it comes to poems, because the way they were presented in school, for a majority of us, poems were difficult, they were written in a historical context, and we were certainly taught to decode them, almost like a riddle. And that was also part of understanding the historical context, the development of language, and the versatility of its usage. And I think that it became difficult. It almost, to me, became like a problem to solve. And I think that takes away some of the joy of it, because sometimes just reading poetry on its own gives you a very subjective take on it. It'll resonate differently with you, but if you overpush the analysis, then it can take away from the joy. And I think unfortunately a lot of us had to do that in school. And so, if anything, having this simplicity is making you understand that poetry doesn't have to be this complicated. And I yes. like that in a sense, but also it has really been redundant to what poetry is, and that's kind of what we're debating here, that this isn't – this is not poetry. These are just epiphanies people have had, and they've just very eloquently and aesthetically pleasingly put them on a page, and people go crazy for these kinds of things, because it gives them the impression that, wow, they're poetic. Wow, they're the, – the, I'm artistic all of a sudden.
0: I think it. you're so right. It makes you think, oh, I'm someone that, like – understands and loves poetry now <laughs> it's kind right, of a lifestyle right like, that's what oh, it is is. I'm reading a poetry
1: book it's like saying i'm a reader and then only reading like how do i put it like self-help books like <laughs> yeah, only maybe. reading you like your celebrity's memoir like your favorite celebrity <laughs> memoir <laughs> yeah don't get me I wrong i've like been loving celebrity movie. memoirs lately but some oh, of them are too. just like like some very successful businessmen who released a book on, like, how he made his fortune, but then conveniently left out the fact that his parents own 15 diamond lines.
0: <laughs> yeah. Love when that <laughs> happens. Yeah. Right. And you're so right. Nice. Just conveniently left it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. It seems like this type of Instagram poetry relies on coming up with one single metaphor and then saying this is a poem. And it's, like, five words. Which... I mean, we just didn't right. have a genre for this type of writing up until now. That's why we call it insta-poetry, because up to now, no one would have published a book that, like, one piece in it just is She Was Music, but he had his ears cut off. Wow. Of course. Wait, we gotta dive into our favorite Champagne
1: Papi. Oh, yes, of course we do. (laughs) What is the Instagram collection? Oh, it's called A Stream of Consciousness. Titles ruin everything. A Stream of Consciousness. Yes. Um, I want to preface this by saying that I really like Drake. Straight up. I love Drake. I think some of his songs are very deep.
0: mm -hmm. Some of his
1: songs just... I think he's done such a much better job than a song he has in his poetry collection.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that it's easy to go from musician or songwriter to Instagram poet when you see how much these poetry books are selling. So what do you think of Drake's poetry book? I've only seen a couple of poems that I think you sent me, and they definitely fit under the Insta poetry category. I think
1: what he does best is he's really good at throwing out his thoughts and people just worshipping whatever he has to say. And they are maybe a couple poems that I'm like, oh wait, this is pretty good. But the rest of them is quite disappointing because this really isn't poetry. This is a sentence, right? <laughs> it's a, a sentence. sentence. And he's just <laughs> saying stuff like, those guys are so burnt out, you can smell it from here. It's a sentence. That's a text message I would send you, Ari. That's not yeah. poetry. Yeah
0: genuinely that is a text message you can also tell is, me this is poetry this reminds me of the whole general what is and isn't art debate and the like I could do that sort of things that people say when they look at modern art which is a whole different issue to get into I don't think we should address that whole Certainly. Debate here. but I as mm-hmm. you know and our listeners don't know I'm an art historian by training like I have an art history degree and that is always something that interested me so Play. much like why people what what do we consider art the whole passion people have around what is and isn't art and I completely get it and I think it's very similar with insta poetry and like a painting you would see of a single blue line in a museum that's sold for millions it's I think it's a very similar type of question that arises when we see those types of things and it definitely also has a big part to it that is related to just what is commercially popular and profitable at a certain time so even if you're not really passionate about it or you know interested in actually writing poetry you might just be like well seems like if I put in a few minutes per day I could potentially get a large following here and combined with some social media marketing skills anyone might just be intrigued to go into it people love scrolling social media when they get a dopamine fix from it and if it takes too much effort you're just not going to keep scrolling and engaging that's why you're not scrolling on one of these apps that summarize books or scrolling Mm -hmm. on the kindle app and reading a book when you would be going on social media because social media is such an instant dopamine fix and anything that Allows you to get that, such as like funny TikToks or Insta poetry that you feel like you relate to on your timeline very easily, and that strikes a chord with you in some way, is likely to do well with the algorithm. I think Drake's. It's also just looking at the color you use on this book.
1: Like that's a very popular color, I think nowadays. Also, just the title, the way it's positioned, is so sloppy. But at the same time, I think I don't think I've seen anything like that before. And I think only a person with a following like Drake's can pull it off. So it really has to do with status at this point, too.
0: Yeah, I guess so to that extent, where it's just like one sentence, one verse, one single statement, and you try to pass it off as poetry. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. think that there are definitely some limits. It's just also the content of it is just
1: just not, I'm not a fan of it. Some of it's quite offensive, to be honest with you. The real themes here are money, women, and fame. Sometimes he'll just bluntly say, it's always some unemployed hoe getting on my nerves. That's a Oh my god. That's a poem. That's a poem. End quote. Wow. Art. That's an actual poem in his book. I know. Damn. And like you said,
0: art is subjective. But there is a specificity to art. It's definitely it's a big question. And I know everyone has opinions on it. I think that it's also that insta poetry often speaks of social justice issues that are so important and it uses words to just convey some statements and feelings around these topics and they're very shareable statements and they are also very relatable and when something speaks to us like literature and same with poetry When we feel like it speaks to us in some way, we're so keen to share them or want to see more of that. And I just think it's a big case of all of this. And insta poetry also more easily speaks to readers than, you know, these like big paintings of one single line. It does have a big relatable element to it, but I think it's a different audience that enjoys insta poetry and that enjoys the kind of poetry that you have to deconstruct. That's a good point. Wow, that's a lot of food for thought for you there. A modern poet that I love is Dakota Warren. I think she is great. I love everything she does. Dakota Warren, we love you. She is a
1: deity. I would love to interview Dakota. That would be a dream
0: come true. It would be
1: a dream to have this deity... On our podcast.
0: Yes. Her poems have such great imagery and emotion and such a great unique style. And you do feel like you have to work for them a little bit. There's definitely maybe a more rewarding type of gratification that you get when you feel like you have to work a little bit to fully understand a poem in its entirety. And I love that. It definitely is. And it's also nice when
1: you actually have a poet who understands structure poet who understands sonnet who understand rhymes and who aren't forcing it on you it kind of flows to them and that takes a great amount of work and talent and like you said right. give you that vivid imagery that you so very much crave when you're reading a good poem
0: yeah you kind of want to immerse yourself in it right to get lost in a poem and that is the kind of writing that stays with you certainly so if you're listening uh, to We'd love to hear your opinions as well. Feel free to reach out to us on social media at Espresso Epilogues on Instagram. We post just book memes there (laughs) and also have a TikTok and would always love to hear from you. We're so open to everyone's opinions and thoughts on this topic because I just genuinely think it's so interesting and it's very intriguing to see how it's evolving in our culture. Absolutely. And don't be shy, leave us a comment. Love to hear any
1: recommendations that always helps us broaden our horizons too and we hope you enjoyed this episode it's been great Ari, I really enjoyed our discussion today
0: me too i really did really loved it thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for our next episode take care y'all bye